Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Why don't you remain standing with me? We're going to grab onto the scripture. It's such a great moment to be with you, gathered together. Do you know that all of heaven sees you right now in this spot? He's very aware of who you are, what you're doing, the position you're in, what you need. I love that. His word is living and it's active. In our reboot series, we talked uh, initially about that ongoing need that all of us have for a spiritual reboot, initially in our lives and then ongoing, right? If I was just preaching to myself, I need to be rebooted regularly. And last week we talked about the different types of malware that are really just attacks. They want to work their way into your life. And you and I, we learn how to defend against them. But inevitably, some of those ta- uh, attacks will circle around. And in the process, we'll discover that we've got a virus within our system and we need to hit reboot again. But that's part of the normal journey of following Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the idea that heaven has a fresh update ready for you each day. Today, I'm a little bit of a freak when it comes to this. There are people in my family who shall remain nameless that think the little red dots with numbers on the inside really don't mean a whole lot. And I want to assure you they do. This idea of updates, it's a new day. There are new circumstances. And so there's a new update that's needed, that's available. But if you're one of these people who don't observe those updates and you ignore the little red bubbles, you'll find that after time, your phone begins to glitch and you get frustrated. Things aren't working. And then somebody like me who doesn't express themselves quite like they should, it's a little bit out of frustration as opposed to service. We're like, have you updated your phone? And like, oh, like as if you don't know what that is. And then you do the update. You know, updates are for today. And so I want to talk to you about your walk with God. And I want to talk to you about the fact that God has a fresh update today for your life, that he is wanting to download a fresh new thing in you today. And it is quite possible that you might be drifting a little bit and not even aware of necessary updates for you. What I found, these automatic updates, they don't actually work very well. I have it, this is actually a screenshot from my phone, and I still get up regularly, open up all of my apps and discover you've got 15 waiting updates. I'm like, well, what are we waiting for? Boom, and I pump them all right? And after it downloads, I turn my phone off. I turn it back on because you know what? I want to be aligned for today. Are you tracking with me? I want to be aligned for today. And God is desirous for you to be in alignment with him today to face what you have going on. So I want you to place your hand over your heart or raise your hand. Maybe better yet, raise your hands up in the air like a sail ready to catch the update of God. Father, we invite you to stir our hearts today. Lord, there's the desire for your fresh wind to come across the bow of our ship. There are updates waiting. You want to redirect our thoughts. You want to pull out the things that don't belong there. You want us to be fresh in alignment with you today. And so, Father, here in this room at home, we invite you to speak to our hearts. Our hands are raised like children saying, Lord, pick me up. Bring me to a higher place. Allow me to experience fresh relationship with you. And Father, we pray that this message will be relevant, not in the, just in this room, but Father, also for everyone who's listening in, whether live or later on, we pray, God, for your fresh download from heaven. It's in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Give them a hand before you're seated. And maybe say hi to the person next to you. I've entitled today's message, Stir My Heart. 
And uh, how great to be in God's house. What a great, great day. Uh, as uh, we're here today, and just to kind of get you kind of pointed in the right direction, uh, I do want to just accolade a couple of our leaders who kind of fit into a great uh, illustration today. Uh, most of you will know Jordan and Caitlin Wisdom, just a great young couple. They travel the world to do all sorts of things. Make sure you wish them happy anniversary. They've been married for five years. I think that was this week. Um, and not only do we love them because they're great leaders and they really embody uh, what, a, what, what it is to be a part of C3, uh, they are also just, just a, a fantastic couple. They model marriage for all of us. Now, I know many of you, some of you have been recently married, and great pictures, all of us have those. But I want you to know you have not won the number one best last picture of the wedding because Caitlin and Jordan cashed in on this five years ago. Uh, we were part of their wedding. It was on Officer's Row, beautiful day. And uh, they ended up, after the reception, going down. They're sailors, and they own a sailboat. And so to cap off their wedding experience, they get on their sailboat, and they strike out on the Willamette and sail into the sunset. And there is this epic last picture of them, like, holding hands and kissing. And you can see the sunset through their sailboat. And I'm, I could see Jordan back there in the back room. I'm like, dude, you, get, you are the champion of all times of the greatest shot ever. And that really grabbed my thought in my heart as we look at this idea because Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows out from it. And in context with their story, I want you to get an understanding that your life is like a boat. You might not have ever sailed before, but your life is like a boat. It's got the capacity to go in any direction. And your heart is actually the sail. The sail is what directs the boat. But there's something that influences the sail, and those are your experiences. Your experiences are actually like the wind. They breathe across your sail, and depending on the bent of your sail or the direction of your sail, they cause your boat to go. I want you to know, in this lifetime, you're going to experience some bad winds. Anybody seen 2020 yet? If you've not experienced 2020 yet... Uh, what would they call that? I'm going to, uh, uh, that's the, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm looking for that thing where if you haven't seen the movie yet, oh, spoiler alert, 2020 has some crazy wins, okay, if you've yet to experience that, and all of us sitting inside this room, we've experienced 2020, and so we know that there's been some negative winds blowing across the bow of your ship, but you know, you can have Two kids grow up in the exact same house under the same parenting, under the same challenges, under the same life, good or bad, and those two boats can end up in different destinations, and the reason why is the condition of the heart. Scripture reveals this, that your heart will experience the wind of your experiences, and depending on the condition of your heart, it will actually push you in a direction. You know, you can have a very bad experience and yet, if your heart is positioned with God, that bad experience will carry you to good places. Remember what, what uh, uh, the one uh, Old Testament figure said? He said, what you meant for evil, God has actually used for what? He's used it for good. How is that possible? Good comes out of someone who experiences bad wind, but turns their sail to lead them into good directions. And so that's what the scripture teaches. So your life will go where your heart directs. And so your life is in a direction right now, and your heart is the very thing who's taking you there. Uh, let me give you a couple of doctrinal points that I think will be valuable for you to be able to like, lock this into who you are. Number one, our heart was designed to respond to the wind of God. 
Now, I know I said that experiences will push your life in a direction, but that was not how God created you. God actually created you to be carried forward by his presence, by his wind, by his word. Notice in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, then the, Lord, then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he had form. But he's got a body, he's got a mind, he's got eyes, he's got legs, he's got hands, we assume. But where does life kick in? Life kicks in as God leans forward and God, he exhales. I almost lost my breath and got dizzy there. Whoa. As he exhales his wind, his pneuma, his presence, that's very uh, symbolic all throughout scripture of God's presence. He exhales into this lifeless body and like a ship on dead water, immediately Adam, his sail furls and he experiences life. The breath of God is what brings life into the lives of people, true life, not survival life, because you, be, you can be alive and actually not be alive like Adam. So the breath of God breathed into the body of man, and he, the sail of his heart caught that, and it began to take Adam in the direction of his life, his purpose, and all that God had. And that was life as God intended. But as you study through the scripture, point number two, sin has a way of actually hardening our hearts and causing us to be Im uh, uh, immune to the very wind of God. You know, Adam and Eve sinned. Sin came into the world. The world experienced sin. Mankind experienced sin. And it's almost like that the, the sail of God created by that wind began to be wrapped up and bound and other sails begin to appear on, on the deck of man's lives. And so we read scriptures that really paint the picture of the wind of God trying to blow, but man being immune to it. And I want you to know, this is how you were born. I know most babies, and I say most, I think you know what I mean. Most babies are cute. You know what I'm saying? Especially your babies. Your babies are always cute. Anyways, <laughs> I just keep going. Some, you know, sometimes... As a speaker, I've learned that there are some things that pop into my mind when I'm in front of people. They're better off just keep walking. All babies are beautiful. But I'm going to tell you something that you do not have to train a single child in this world about. It's how to be sinful. A child as cute as it is will begin to say, no, mine, mine. Uh, uh. And children are that way because there is a thing that flows through our DNA. It's called sin. All right? And so because we are in sin, the wind of God is trying to influence our lives, but we end up being influenced by the things that we experience, the things we see, the things that we hear, the things that we touch, those moments that we find ourselves in. We end up being dead towards God's wind, but alive towards the winds that will carry us other places. Many other scriptures really paint the picture of this. Mark chapter 6, verse 52, Jesus was speaking about healing someone. And the Pharisees didn't want any of that because they were political and religious leaders, and Jesus was a threat. So uh, when you're, your heart as a political servant or a spiritual servant should be to serve your people for their better, even, even if it means maybe less for you. That's what a parent does. That's what God did. He, he so loved you that he served you in a way that he had gave his only son. And that's how you can know a great politician, a great leader, a great spiritual person in our lives. They actually sacrifice for your better well-being. Unlike the Pharisees, when Jesus came in on the scene, 
he was about to heal someone. They did not want that because that means Jesus' power gets stronger and theirs gets smaller. So they were like, this is junk. We don't want this. And Jesus goes on to say he saw their, the hardness of their hearts and they weren't able to understand. We see in Ephesians 4.18, they were darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God. Why? Due to their hardness of heart. God's trying to breathe his breath, trying to direct them, trying to light their lives on fire with life, and yet it's like there is no sail to catch this direction. We see Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and you, this is speaking of you and I, this applies to every one of us, and you were, I like that word were, doesn't say you are. If you stepped into a relationship with God, you, this doesn't apply to you, but you were. You were dead in trespasses and sin. In other words, your sin keeps you almost immune from the wind of God. But what I love about that point number three is the Holy Spirit still at works to reignite hearts so that he can direct our lives. Amen. You know, um, I didn't read the, the very first scripture, but we have it up here. I think it's on the screen. Uh, Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 behind me. It says that the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. It's an amazing, amazing picture. You see that in the book of Ezra. If you understand the life of Cyrus, you begin to understand if there's anybody who is far from God, it is absolutely Cyrus. In fact, you'll know the couple kings before him. There goes, it goes Nebuchadnezzar, right? Cyrus, and then Darius. These were marauders. These were evil kings bent on destroying nations, wiping out people, taking their possessions so that their kingdom could be the kingdom. There is no one that you know probably in your lifetime of this dark caliber. And yet, one day Cyrus gets up and he notices on his phone a round number one. And as he looks at the app, he begins to respond to it. Something's available, and he clicks on it, and suddenly whoo, the wind of God begins to blow across Cyrus's heart. Far from God. And why you need to hear this this morning, we have a tendency to write off people who represent enemies of God or our enemies. There are people in politics right now, be careful about writing people off who are far from God. I've heard people say, I hate that politician. I would never pray for them. As a believer, if you do that, you are abandoning your post. Do you understand that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were underneath the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar, under the leadership of Darius, under the leadership of Cyrus? God oftentimes will blow by himself across the ship of somebody's bow, but nine times out of ten, God blows into people's life his wind through the people who are on deck with those evil people. Do you understand that? Yes. Do you know that God has called us to believe for our governors, our leaders, our magistrates, world leaders? God has called for us to pray for them. Yeah. Amen? The Bible says to pray for your enemies. You understand that? If you abandon post, I hate them. I hope they go to hell. Actually, I've heard that. I've read that on the internet quite a bit lately. Anybody here? Maybe you don't follow the same people that I do. There's a lot of people who are very angry at evil, so much so that they would like to see people exterminated immediately. I love what Paige said about giving, that, that God sent his son when? While we were what? 
You know what? You're going to find you're going to have some sinners in your life, sinners in leadership, sinners in your family. You'll have an ungodly parent maybe or an ungodly child. And I hope that you have the heart of God as that parent or as that child. What's your greatest dream when you look at your child? That they earn a million dollars? No, I don't know about you. For me, it's that the wind of God will blow across the bow of their ship and they will respond. Every other dream is secondary in my life for my children and for my grandchildren. It's been that day since day one, the things that we work to let the wind blow. I can't force them to believe in God, but I, want, I know one thing. If his wind comes across the bow of their ship and it hits their sails, I believe that's going to ignite their life, and I want that to happen. Do you understand that Cyrus is still the son of somebody? We can't afford to look at a Cyrus and say, I hope God destroys them. The heart of God, Jesus sent his, God sent his son for Cyrus. Let it not be said of us that we are praying for the downfall of evil people. Let it be said of us we are believing for the wind of God to blow across the bow of their ship, that we are praying for our enemies, that even though people have maybe abandoned us, hurt us deeply, that our goal still is prayer, God, allow your wind to blow across the deck that while I was a sinner, you waited on me, you believed for me. God, I am trusting that you can do that even for my enemy, even for my governor, even for the politician that's in or the politicians out. God, allow your wind to stir their hearts. Can I have an amen? amen. So important. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to do this. This is a promise of God in Ezekiel chapter 36. This is a promise for you, and this is a promise that we're connected to. And I will give you a what? New heart. You know what? Your heart was so darkened that rehabilitation would not have been effective. God doesn't take your old, nasty, disgusting sail that's twisted around and can't catch the wind and then just put a couple patches on it so hopefully it catches something. God rips out that sail and he plants a brand new sail in. He gives us a new heart. And that new heart can now be positioned just like Adam so that the wind can blow across. Remember the first time you felt that wind? I remember where I was. I wasn't expecting it at all. I went on a trip. I was at like a concert and all of a sudden somebody started talking about God. And I am telling you, they were saying some words but over the balcony of heaven, there is this, like, like sitting under the air conditioning vent. It's like something began to come down. I was like, what on earth is that? You know, if you've never inhaled life and you experienced the presence of God, maybe you felt that when you walked in this morning. Maybe you're a little dry. Maybe you're like, ah, COVID was kind of nice. I didn't have to come to church. It's great. <laughs> Not any of you. It's all those other churches, right? Right? Hey, some of you are online watching right now. Ah, there's no way I'm going to the 9 o'clock. Man, this 11 o'clock in my PJs is great. Flipping back and forth, watching the NFL scores. Repent, sinners. Okay. There's probably some of you in this room that might be doing that same thing. You know, I remember that first time that the wind of God breathed into my life. That's the greatest moment. That is the very wind that God desires to drive your life with. Amen. I can remember it took me from there. I went and bought a Bible. I stood in, back in the day before Amazon. You had to go to a Christian bookstore, and there were stacks and stacks. I'm looking at these Bibles, and that's back when King James and there was NIV. There was nothing else. 
And I was still like, I don't know what to get. And I ended up getting a Bible and I took it home. And the weirdest thing, I put it down on my bed and I knelt down and I began to read. And there were historical facts. But God came up out of the words and began to speak to me through the historical facts, direction for my life. He's having a conversation. The wind was blowing. And I can remember praying. And it was like he was right there. He breathed on me. I breathed on him. There was life. Amazing. I can, I can remember looking around my room and be like, whoa, that is wrong. That needs to go in the trash can. Remember those moments? Remember those moments? Begin to throw things away, get a phone call from somebody. They're like, hey, listen, we've been, we used to hang out and invite you to my new circle of friends. Can't be going down there anymore. Why? Because the fresh wind of God revealed to me God has a better plan for my life. And he began to step into that. Now, here's the thing. The Spirit of God is wanting to lead you into the best paths. That's why the wind of God blows on your life. Uh, here's what, beautiful scripture. John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he, the wind of God, we see that in Acts chapter 2, the wind of God, the Holy Spirit comes into the room. The, the exhale, the pneuma of God what is he wanting to do? He wants to guide you into, all of us become pastors, right? That's his goal. Now, what does, he, what does the Holy Spirit come for? He will what? Guide you into all the truth. truth. Scripture right up here, right? <laughs> he will guide you into all truth. You're like, it's a, it's a test. No, you didn't even have to study for it. It's, it's there on the, on the screen. He will guide you into all truth. Now, let me, let me just say this to those of you who over-spiritualize Scripture. We begin to think that this is going to mean that I'm going to learn every Bible fact. You know, truth is not Bible fact. Bible fact is part of truth, but it is absolutely possible for you to read the scriptures but not hear truth. Because truth is that fresh update that God has for your life right here and now. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to speak direction for you. And the truth that you need is not just biblical truth. You need to know, what am I going to do with my life? What, what college? Or should I go to college? What am I? For those of you who have children, you've got a couple children. You're like, Lord, this one responds. This one's something wrong. God, I need. What do you need? You know what you actually need? You actually need truth. You need a revelation of what will work in that child's life? Don't, hey, just a, for parents, don't ever have the same list of rules for all your kids. And if your kids say, that's not fair, welcome to the world. <laughs> There's nothing fair. If you got what was fair, we wouldn't be here right now, right? First sin, boom, you're done, right? And truth, the revelation of truth in parenting is what will work for this child. We had different rules for all three of our kids, and we made no excuses for it. Well, she gets to do that. That's right, because we can trust her to do that. Well, now it makes it sound like I'm talking about a certain other individual. Actually, you don't know who I'm talking about, do you? You're like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not giving up my secrets. So how many of you know that you could be faced with two different jobs, and you're not sure which one to take? You need a revelation of truth. Lord, should I quit this job to take that job? This is safe. That looks risky. Lord, do I partner up with this person? Do I buy that? Watch the economics of the season that we're in. And some of you are uh, additional revenue streams. You think about that. You think about starting businesses. And you're like, is this the right time? Is this the right time? That is the truth that you need. 
Here's what I, I really, in leaning into this, the Spirit of God, He wants to direct your life. I mean, you go to the doctor, you go to two different doctors and have two different diagnoses and two different suggestions of what to do. And I'm not, I'm not dropping the hammer on doctors. I'm saying both can be legitimate. They absolutely can. You know that there's what's good for you and what's good for me could be two different things even though we have the same issue. That's absolutely true. And so the understanding is you need to have your sail tipped in to be able to receive your download from God daily. Because every day there's a new thing. There's a new thing that we face. You're going to get up tomorrow in this climate that we're in. I mean, what a great week. It's been an exciting week, but it's still a crazy season, right? was so excited to, to participate a little bit with Franklin Graham, the prayer on our national monuments and the White House and all that stuff. Yesterday, spiritual leaders praying for our nation, praying for the upcoming election, praying for the health of all of our citizens, praying over the new justice that's been nominated for the Supreme Court. It's pretty amazing, an incredible moment that we're in. Uh, you could say a lot of things about politics, but I get excited when someone is actually good at what they do. Anybody? It's great to see a judge who's really good at what they do, who also, secondarily, is aligned with biblical principles. Amen. That gets really exciting. And someone who is going to be a constitutionalist, because contrary to what people think, we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic, which had an agenda when we started out. And the reason why we're set up as a republic is to keep the course of that mission going. Because opinions... And mobs change daily, right? Yeah. Some of that just flying over all of our heads doesn't really matter. But here's the deal. I'm pretty excited about the season that we're in, yeah. right? But what do we do, God? What, what, what do we do? Well, everybody's got a different opinion about everything, right? So do your facts. Get your input. Consult people. Read articles. But man, you better make sure that the tallest, tallest, tallest of mass with the largest of sails remains connected so that the wind of God can catch it. Now, here's a reality that you're going to have to understand. Everything will fight against your sail sensing the wind of God. It's a reality. Have you, can you think about that moment that you were the most on fire for God? I mean, think about it just right now, just kind of lock, maybe it's right now. I mean, Kelly's about to spontaneously combust in the Holy Spirit right now. <laughs> That's Kelly all the time, pretty much. The way he talks about, when I talk to him, like, how's it going? He begins to talk about the Lord. I begin to be a little envious. It's like he's got an inside door that he goes into. Him and the Lord have this great, even deep, like he's one of the special kids. It's just that he's always pressing in, right? It's like there's fire there, right? You know, but everything's going to fight against that fire. I remember the first season where I, when I was up here and, and the Bible is coming alive off my, the pages of the book on my bed. And then I can remember a few weeks later, I didn't feel that fire. I remember being like, what's wrong with me? Man, I'm supposed to love God with all my heart. What's happening? I'm so fired up. My life's changed. I'm, I'm, I'm in the kingdom of God. And now I've kind of lost that feeling. You know, the enemy really wanted to use that to make me feel shame. What's wrong with you? You don't love God. All that he's done for you, you're just playing games. This isn't going to last this feeling is dissipating. Let me just play a little pause again here. I keep doing this this morning, but a little quick pause. Uh, we need to get away from the confusion that we have that our feelings are somehow the voice of God. In fact, I would warn you to lose the phrase that, just, that says this, I just feel like God wants dot, 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 dot. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of feelings throughout the day. 
I can walk, get up in the morning time, and I feel like I can jump out the window and I can soar through the sky. And then there's other moments I'm not sure that I'm going to trip over this little crack in the ground. You know, our feelings are not meant to be the sail that we hoist, but we live in a generation where it is the biggest sail on deck, and people, even Christians, follow it all around. Oh, I just, I just, I just feel something. Oh, we need to make a change. Listen, your feelings will lie to you. It's very true. You do feel that way. That's a real feeling. But do you understand that you can be played by your feelings? Yes. You know, there's a lot of science that goes into the mirror in the room of your clothier. Because I know we all have clothiers, right? We're 1900s, right? We go and actually, we don't, we're buying our stuff now on Amazon. You find the shirt you want. You get a small, medium, large, and extra large. Have them shipped to the house because it's too dangerous to go try on clothes in a department store these days. And so you try on all four pairs, and you send three back, and you get the shirt you want, right? Well, if someday you're ever allowed to go back into a department store, you're going to notice that there's a lot of science been put into that mirror inside of that dressing room if it's a decent store. Because, you know, you could bend a mirror to make you look short and thick or tall and lean in this new, new outfit that I have on. And believe it or not, there has been a lot of science put into having those rooms make you feel good. There's a reason why the lights are dimmed in there. There's a reason why that the mirrors actually make you look a little taller and a little thinner because you know how you really look, but when you walked into this moment, it's like, whoa, look at me. And you've got this outfit you probably can't even afford, but your emotions are triggered, and if this outfit makes me look like this, whoo, I feel that wind blowing on me, and it's going to cause me to move in a direction. And I don't know about you, but there's all sorts of things pushing against my sail, and they are not necessarily godly. I'll tell you what, there's been a couple moments during this whole COVID season where I, I mean, I'm working out, of the, out in my back, I'm just going to... Just open up right here. I'm working out in the backyard, uh, doing a couple projects, and a simple thing. The tool is not working to get the job done, and I feel, just being honest, this volcano of profanity wanting to come straight up and erupt out of my throat. Pastor Steve? Yes. <laughs> I think of bad words all the time. <laughs> they seem very appropriate in some settings. However, I think to myself, where is that coming from? You know, you know what is happening? I'm having a frustrating experience, but my heart is not where it needs to be. Because deep down in, in this COVID season, I'm frustrated. Nothing's working. I'm kind of mad at people. I'm mad at the government. I'm mad at all sorts of things. I'm mad at maybe even God. Why are we having to do this? I've been praying, and this ridiculousness won't disappear. And now the screwdriver won't put the screw in there. <laughs> and that little bit of an experience is causing this crazy trajectory. And if that rage is not, not, not harnessed and not dealt with, then people even begin to act out. You end up with road rate. You end up with all kinds of stuff, yelling and screaming at your boss, losing your job. I mean, it, you see where it can really go to bad places. How does that happen? Really, it has nothing to do with the screwdriver, the screw that won't work. It has everything to do with the condition of my heart. That's the reality of it. You know, I'll tell you a, a final story here. I want you to know there's, there's hope here. That, when I experienced that, you know what? I look at the face of my, we won't call it a smart device. <laughs> we'll call it my soul. 
And when I see the fact that I'm reading my Bible and I'm not really hearing the voice of God, or I'm coming into church and there's a little bit of, oh, man, COVID was kind of nice. could do this at home in my pajamas, you know, and, and there's this drift that's happening. Those are the things that pop up on my screen to say, Steve, there's an update waiting. There's a reboot that needs to happen. It's been a little while. You're, you've been drifting. That happens to the most spiritual of people. It is a normal process. Don't let the enemy stick this in your face like something's wrong with you. You're not serving God like you should. This, there will be an all-out fight to cause your fire to go out, to cause your anointing to feel like it disappears, to feel like, I read the Bible yesterday. I heard the voice of God. I felt it this morning. Where did it go this evening? I had that strength of faith. And now I'm afraid what's happening. That is the ebb and flow. I used to be so frustrated. I used to watch my life. I'm on fire. I'm like Kelly. I'm spontaneous combustion. And now I'm down here and I'm discouraged. And God, where are you? Now, you step back and look out over time. These great big lines, they've actually been a little bit more like this. As you step back up and down, there's an ebb and flow, but my trajectory is upward. You need to understand, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It does not mean there's something wrong with your Christianity. It means you need to reboot, you need to hit reset. And just being aware of that is a beautiful thing. Just being aware of that. It's taking your pulse and knowing everything's been fighting against me and other things have been occupying the sail to push me in directions, but I can simply Reboot. This becomes a moment where you're able to say, Lord, stir my heart. Stir up my heart. Lord, I see the bubble saying, download necessary, automatic update, not happening automatically. Click the button. And so you do. And God has this amazing promise that he reboots. Just stand with me. Let me tell you just a final little story. Do you remember 2019? Can you remember back that long? It was like three decades ago. One of my very favorite nights, I don't know, maybe of pastoring, one of my favorite nights was our vision gala. It was such a crazy collision of craziness, fun, and great music. And Pastor Kerry was here with us and sharing about, you know, all that we're doing down in Frisco. And we talked about uh, Oaxaca, so many other things. Just, just fantastic. And uh, came to the moment where we were praying about and going to make uh, our commitment to our Vision Builders offering. And Roe and I were sitting at the table and we don't ask you guys to participate in something that we don't do. And so I said, sweetheart, what do you think we should do this year? And I was a little overwhelmed when she responded. She said, well, we need to at least do better than what we did last year. And I tell you, I wasn't. And the reason why I reacted like that was because the previous year was the biggest one-time gift besides our normal tithe, normal, you know, little offerings and helping out here and there. This was a chunk of money that we gave. And in 2018, when we did that, or, you know, going into 2019, when we did that, I shared with you that the Lord spoke to me about, he didn't just want my money, he wanted part of my heart. And so I took a vehicle that I had that I really liked and I sold it. So I was giving my heart away. And so it allowed us to have this chunk of money to give. And so we did that in 2019. So when she said, we need to do a little better than last year, I mean, I need to give more money. We, we, we were going to give more money. <laughs> we're going to do it. 
and I don't have anything of value to sell. All my children have moved out of the house, so they aren't options. Grand the grandchildren are too cute. I would give my hair to locks of love, but you know how that's going, so there's just not many options. And yet, I felt that breeze come across as she said that. I was just super inspired by her faith. We need to do better than last year. She said, we need to stretch for more. And the money, the amount of money really wasn't the issue. The, the issue was, it was the stretch and that creates faith. And so we signed the paper and we turned it in. Now, this is how I do. This is not how you have to do. A lot of times when you make a commitment like that, you know, you cross your fingers and you hope you make it through the end of the year and all the chips will fall into place so that by the end of the year, you met your commitment. For me, uh, because I'm an update freak, I got to take care of it right away. So what I did was at that weekend, I began to move some things around in this pledge that we were going to be committing to. I said, I can move some things around out of monies that we need for the future and get this position and get it all together so that we could do that first. I was really excited. I want to do that first. So I got this pile of money, but then I decide, okay, what I'm going to do is I don't want to lose this giving feeling. So we're going to give in January one quarter of the money. And then again in April, we're going to give the second quarter of the money, right? This makes sense. So then we get to like October and or I've done my math wrong there, but you know what, you know what I'm talking about. So January 1st, boom, I got online, PCO, boom! Just gave a quarter of my giving. We wind through February. I'm getting excited. March is coming. I'm looking at that money saying, oh, here we're going to go. Getting towards the end of March. Can't wait till April 1st. We're going to do it. Oh, God has directed us. And then we got the news. COVID, shutdowns, people losing their job, the bubonic plague. 90% of the people are going to die. Aliens are going to come and eat our planet. Everything, it's gone. And the first thought, can you listen, I just want you to picture this. The wind that blew across the bow of my ship was a foul wind that said, thank God you've got that money. Squirrel it away. Hold on to it in case you need it. And immediately I began to think in that trajectory. I could feel it pushing me off what God had for me. Not every voice is a voice from God. I hope you know that. It's not from God. The Spirit of God is inside of you to direct you. Like, wait a second, that doesn't line up with yesterday. But I feel, that's where you need to shut down the feelings. I felt afraid. I felt scared. I felt like, how can I give this? Because I might need it. And you know what I did? I just was like, I did not like, the boat is getting off course. I texted Rowena immediately. He said, sweetheart, just so you know, I'm giving every dime of our pledge right now in faith typed it in and sent it off. I want to control the direction of the ship I'm in. I want, I have control of that sail. God has created the sail, but I am the sail guardian. I am the keeper of my own heart. And if I'm not feeling the presence of God, if I'm reading the Bible out of duty, if I'm giving and I'm lacking joy, it's letting me know there's an update available. Anybody you're tracking with me? long to feel the fresh wind of God across your soul. And just as a side note, God did a couple things miraculous for us financially. I think that 2020 will be our best financial year ever. I kid you not. Like I could tell you a couple stories because faith unlocks supernatural things. When you listen to the voice of God, just where you're standing, the last verse I'll read to you. 
fact, I want you to close your eyes and just, just stand in here. I just picture yourself out on the ocean. You are that ship called you. And you were designed to catch that wind. And for some of you maybe listening, you've never said yes to that wind. You've been pushed around wherever circumstances have taken you. Found yourself in some decent spots, but overall, not really happy. It doesn't feel like you've got direction. I want you to know a heart that is given to God will catch the wind of God. You'll find your best places. If that's you today, you'll be able to say yes and invite the Spirit of God for the first time to breathe across that sail. You'll become a Christian. You'll become born again, a follower of Jesus. You'll sense what I'm talking about. Life for the very first time will come coursing through your sail. But if you're a believer and you've experienced that up and down, hopefully you're finding some encouragement today. Maybe you feel like you're away from God a little bit. You know what? Here's the truth. You feel like you're away from God, but he would hunt you down in the crevices of hell. He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. So there's no sense you feeling like he's not near when he's close. It's time to make an update. Jeremiah 3, or chapter 4, verse 3 says, Break up your fallow ground. In other words, peel the callus off your heart. Till up the soil that cannot receive seed and grow. Because too many people have walked over it. It's gotten beaten down. God promises as you and I do this, He will come in and He will invade. Right here in this room, we're on the sea. We're, on, we're out on the ocean. Your sail longs for the fresh wind of God. Simple invitations. God, stir my heart. It's right where you stand, your own words. Father, we invite you to stir our hearts. Come on, say it out with me. Say it over your life. Say it over your children's lives. Father, breathe your wind over our hearts and over our lives. Renew the wind of God in my life. Father, I hit reset. Come on, pray it out loud. Father, I love you. Let the words of praise be in your mouth. Stir up your hardened heart. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been rejected. Maybe you've been just drifting. Right now, you're able to change the direction with your lips. Your lips hoist the sail back into the air and cause the furl to be unleashed and the wind will catch the sail because the wind never stops blowing across the bow of your life. Father, I invite your wind fresh and new today. I invite your wind fresh and new today. Just with your hands raised up in the air. Father, raise my hands. It's symbolic. Holy Spirit, breathe across my life. Fresh new passion for you. Fresh new passion for your word. Not longer going through the emotions or the motions of worship. But Father, stepping into the secret place. Father, a revival of righteousness in my life. Father, a revival of love for you, of closeness with you, of a joy in my giving, of, of a fresh step in my serving, a, a hunger for the house of God. Lord, stir my heart, stir my children's heart, stir my grandchildren's heart, stir my parents' heart, stir the heart of Cyrus, stir the heart of our presidents and cabinets, Senate and House, stir the hearts of our governors and our mayors, stir our nation, God, but start with me. My sail was made for your spirit.
drive my life forward, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com. Thank you.